Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. To quote Dennis D. Young on the Return to Paradise tour, be honest with yourself. Did you really think you'd see these bums on stage again? <laughs> Sunday Skate is back. We're back. Sunday Skate is back. We got Joe McDonald of ESPN, Pete Blackburn of Uproxx, Matt Loper, uh, producer extraordinaire. This is the Dream Team, and this is your dream show. So happy Sunday, everybody. Uh, the greatest show in all of radio is back. How are you guys? Fantastic. Couldn't be better. Awesome. Well, if if you guys tuned in last week to our special from Bar Louie, we had, what was it, four hours? Four hours. Four epic hours. That technically was not Sunday Skate. That was a, uh, a Molson thing uh, because Molson shelled out the big bucks to, to have us do our thing. But... Our four hours was no doubt better than the Bruins' four hours. Yes. Sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's just touch on that day for a, a second. That was something of a hilarious event. All in all, that the Bruins, A, played that poorly. My favorite part of the day, uh, aside from Pete having to be in the press box with everybody in the world who has blocked him on Twitter, uh, was the Simple Plan singer uh, after the second period when the Bruins are getting their asses kicked. And after one of their songs, he goes, you guys, you guys having a good time? And 68,000 people just booed as loudly as I've ever heard anybody boo ever. It was fantastic. My favorite part of that whole day, and we were waiting for it. We were standing outside the Bruins' room after that game, and we all saw Tuca come in. I missed that. You you saw this. It was unbelievable. So Tuca was off the ice a lot sooner than the rest of the team. And he walked into the room, and you heard a few loud noises. You heard a few F-bombs, and I thought for sure. Because as you know, every once in a while, Tuca will like just be brutally honest. Yes. And we're standing there, and... I said, today's the day. Yeah. We are going to get this team sucks. We're yeah. going to get all kinds of great stuff from Tuca today. And then, of course, we get in the room. And he did have that one line about, I haven't seen this play this bad in a long time. But then he was just like, yeah, well, we'll He's come back got again. some sort of, like, fast-acting pill that he takes when he's furious that by the time we get in there, he is calm, cool, and collected. I thought for sure that that uh, special winter classic mask that he yeah. had – I thought there was going to be shrapnel all over the locker. And poor Matty Falconer, yep. after putting in all that work to design it, it would have been. I was thinking of that, like, as soon as the game ended, I was like, this mask is already fully engulfed <laughs> in flames right now. Well, he first thing he did was, you know, he took it off and he put it in the stall. Matt went over, grabbed it. Right. right. And I, it, supposedly it's supposed to be at the Patriots Hall of Fame for. That thing was sick. So yeah, it was they, pretty nice. I'm not in the room like you guys are, but I've become pretty disappointed with what this Bruins team is off the ice in terms of. I know they've gotten rid of a lot of the stronger personalities, but even the guys that are still around, like Brad Marchand and Tugarass, like. They're mature, and I don't like it. It's boring. Oh, Brad Marchand being mature, and I know he's that, just coming up with three games. Right. I, I, I know oh, he's, he's mature. I know he's well in up. terms of his interviews and his quotes. He's not he used as quotable. To be, he used to be so oh, perfect guy to interview. I remember after uh, remember that game in Carolina a few years ago when Patrice Bergeron just lost his his stuff on uh, it was Jeff Skinner, mm-hmm. and everyone was like, "Man, what happened?" What? And everyone was like, "Oh, you're not going to find out what happened. That thing stays on the ice." Blah blah. 
Next day, I just went to Marsha, and I was like, why was Bergeron mad? And he was like, Skinner slew-foots everybody all the time. We all hate him. <laughs> and, like, that that was that was great Brad Marsh. He's still a, a, a colorful guy, but, yeah, to your point, Pete, he no longer does the, like, oh, yeah, it's obvious the Canadians dive and, and – Try anything once? Yeah, right. Oh, God. Um <laughs> Yeah, so Pete, how did you like your Winter Classic experience? Uh, I mentioned uh, you had to turn your your credential around so people couldn't actually see your name and who you were. Yeah, I mean, the game itself stunk, but the experience was pretty good. Uh, It was my first press box experience, so that was something. Um, Got to meet, or not meet, but witness in the flesh some people who I... Probably want to murder me. You stood about three feet from Joe Haggerty for like four minutes, and there was no sort of interaction, but I was crying laughing just thinking <laughs> of the possibilities. Uh, speaking of which, still has not blocked me on Twitter. Still has not blocked you on Twitter. So did you see this, Joe? Uh, Pete, uh, what was it? Joe? Oh, so Joe has picked on our little, our little pal, uh, Pete, a few times on Twitter, which is, Pete, if we ever break up, I'm never going to say anything bad about you on... if. I, that that was a joke. Pete and I are we, we do brunch together. But uh, if if we ever stop being friends, I'm not gonna make fun of you on Twitter or anything because you're borderline barstool level with how ruthless and awful your followers are to people. So bad move on Joe's part. Took a shot at Pete last year. Said the gift shouldn't exist, and then he used a gift the other day. So Pete has been. And I came out yesterday, and I just and because he said in, he didn't respond to to me calling him up for using the gift, and then. <laughs> So he didn't respond, and I just I completely buried him on Twitter, and he didn't respond. But then the next day, he snuck in a little jab in one of his columns, and uh, he had mention of a restraining order. I believe. Yeah, a Twitter restraining order, which is not a real thing. That was the lead of his story, though. Yeah, it, it was like, literally I'm, the opening line. It was like, here's what what I'm what I'm reading while considering getting a Twitter restraining order from Gift Boy. Yeah, and so I saw that, and I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna go out and say it. I just I just tweeted right at him. I was like, block me. You won't do it, and he hasn't yet. <laughs> you're too. That's because you're too valuable. Like, no, no matter how how big a I can't use any of these words. You are on Twitter. You're unblockable because you provide these damn gifts, and we all need them. Because <laughs> like, if we're at a game, you only see so many replays that you're too valuable on Twitter. You, you've created. You guys a would probably monster. be okay because you actually watch the game. Uh yeah. Uh, we we we'd be we'd be better off. But there, uh, there were a few times during the playoffs last year when I was traveling that I would tweet at Pete and be like, hey, I need this, uh, or I sent you a text a couple times, like, hey, can you do but this? But you knew you needed it because you were actually watching the game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I guess that should take us to, to some sort of Bruins talk. Uh, the Bruins lost last night 2-1. to one. Uh, They've hit a bit of a rough patch. They are, what, they're 2-5-1 and one over their last eight games. They are 2-2-1 two, two, and one without David Krejci. So it begs the question, uh, which has really been a question all year, what are the Bruins? What are they in this division? They're currently fourth in the Atlantic, but if you look at points per game because they have so many games in hand, they're really kind of slated to finish third. They're actually, you know how many points they're on pace for, Joey Mack? 97. Close. 96. 96, which is Ooh. significant because they had 96 points last year and they missed the playoffs. Right now, 96 points would be enough to get them into the playoffs because those wild card uh candidates out of the Metro uh, are horrible. So the Bruins right now would be slated to finish third in the Atlantic division. But I ask you guys with how murky really the Eastern conference in general is, I think that we're all in agreement that the, uh, that the capitals 
are the uh, the balls, but everybody else really, eh, for me. Well, you know, let's before we talk about. I mean, the Bruins are what we thought they were going to be. Okay, and when you looked at all the the off season changes and everything that the way that the season started, and obviously they had that that great stretch run there where you know they won a bunch of games and got a lot of points. But realistically, this inconsistent team, this is kind of what we expected. And we expected them or we expect them to be on the bubble of a playoff team. And if you look at, if you look on paper what this team has, yeah, they should be a playoff team. They should have been a playoff team a season ago, and that didn't happen. But you look at, you mentioned the Capitals. Wow, what a team. I mean, unbelievable. You see what they've been able to do, but then when you see it in person, like the way that they're Big, they're strong. They don't let you near the net. Yeah. Nothing. Holpe is out of his mind right now. I still don't know how good a goalie Braden Holpe is, to Are be honest. Are you serious? I, no, I, I mean, he's awesome. That, and, man, I, I didn't mean for that to sound like I'm <laughs> saying, like, oh, maybe Braden Holpe's bad. I'm saying he can stand on his head, but that team is so good in front of him, and they keep you away from the box or the house so well that a lot of times Braden Holpe – could mail it in if he wants to. I'm not saying he does. But when he needs to make that timely save. And he's always right. Because, he does. Yeah. You know, Tim Thomas. Yeah. You know, 2011. You know, they didn't get to him often. But when right. they did, he was in to make the yeah, save, so, especially in the in the timely fashion. His yeah. teams have always been good, but they've never been this good. But yeah. he's never had a bad season. Right. So I I think that, you know, he's he's only getting better. Yeah. And, and what's we his, were kind of seeing that. Was he in RFA last year? I think that. Did yeah, they did, signed him to a yeah they signed him to a big time deal. I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested to see what what his cap hit is because he's definitely one of the best. Three, I'm, I'm totally guessing right now, but I it's in like the three million three, range. Yeah, I think it's three three Talk five. Talk about million? a steal. That is <laughs> no. outstanding. And, if so, and think about what he was able to do against the Bruins in 2012. They call him up. He starts. He's out of his mind. He beats. Well, them that was in the Dale Hunter series. year, right? Yeah. They he. Beats them. Yeah. I mean, he beat them that that series. Right. And I mean, I asked him this the other day when uh, they were practicing over at BU. You know, how much did that uh, winning that series give you? You know, that much more confidence? And he's kind of like Tuca in a way where he's like, "Oh yeah, that was so long ago. I can't remember." Yeah, come, yeah, come Tuca on. Tuca does that thing of like, "Oh, you've brought up how I'm great." <laughs> I'm not going to tell you to stop talking about that, but uh, I'm glad that you're on the subject. Something along those lines. Same exact thing. But you you look at the way the Capitals are playing right now, and obviously you'd have to say, I mean, most Dallas Stars fans would be like, oh, no, Dallas Stars are the best team in the league. Dallas Stars are playing really well this year, obviously. But right now you'd have to look at the Capitals as the Stanley Cup contender. They're my preseason cup pick, and those are always wrong. I usually don't even make <laughs> predictions before the season, but I mean, it seemed clear enough that in the Eastern Conference, they're just there was so much murkiness. I know, Pete, you said you were low on the Rangers. I wasn't as low as as you were, but I could definitely. I thought that the Capitals were a better team than the Rangers last season, and I thought they they could have gone farther than they did. But I had the Rangers coming out of the East this year, or my preseason pick. You know, in the first. 15 games, I'm like, woohoo, here we go. Yeah, and I had them like, not making the wow. playoffs. <laughs> so. And what are the Rangers? So the, I was looking this up. The Rangers are 6-11-3 over their last 20 games dating back to November 25th. Yeah. There they was played a, the Bruins there was on a, Monday. There was a stretch in December where they gave up like seven goals a game, or like six or seven goals a game for like a stretch of eight games. Hmm. Which and is, it was very bad. Which is unbelievable when you think about it. You have Lundqvist and Nett. Yeah. When, when did the Eastern Conference turn into the NFL? 
<laughs> where like there's there's quote unquote parody, but it's just because everybody's bad. Yeah. I mean, look who's the best team in the Atlantic Division right now? The Florida Panthers. And they're a good team. They're good. They're good. They're and really I know it's it's got an element of you need to look past the uniform, look <laughs> past the city, look past the fan base. They are they are a good team. They're I think they're tops in the league in goals against, and really they pass the the easy uh DJ Bean old timer test, which is do they have a good goalie? Yes. Do they have a good number one defenseman? Yes. I'm in. Do they have Sean Thornton? Do they have a four hundred year old <laughs> leading goal scorer? Yes. Holpe's cap hit is six point one, by the way. Is so it's wow. not, totally, not as good not totally. as low as we thought. So that's but I mean that's totally wrong on that. What Tuka's seven? Yeah. That's, so Holpe should be Right up there, right, there. right in the, the yeah, six million dollars. Well, range. he's make, he's making six and a half this year, and then he's making seven for the next two years. Huh. But his cap hits six point one. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would rather have Tukarask than Brayden Holtby as a as a goaltender. But are you uh, making a face uh, at me? No, I had something in my eye. Oh, okay, <laughs> no, but I was kind of making a face. Is wow, you would rather have Tukarask than Brayden Holtby right now? I for sure. Yeah, well, based on his yeah, career, sure. yeah. Based on his career, he's still young, um, or he's still youngish. He's still young, like I'm still young, <laughs> like late twenties. Uh, I'm whatever. Um, but yeah, looking at the the Atlantic Division, I can't. I still can't quite tell what the Bruins should think they are and what they should do. So much of it depends on David Krejci, obviously, um, and his health because the Bruins they're two two and one since Krejci went out of the lineup. They've scored one or zero goals. In five of their last nine games, so they've—I mean, for as good of, as an offensive team as they've been, they've kind of hit a bit of a wall there. So uh, the Bruins need to figure out. And really, this has been a season-long thing. I mean, when they started hot, um, we, we wonder what's going to happen with Louis Erickson. Are they going to keep him? And a lot of the indications that I got are that they're not going to do anything with any of these guys, um, Erickson, Krug, whomever, until. They kind of know what this season is, and you usually say Thanksgiving. You should know by then if you're in the playoff picture. Then it's simple as that. Then you're going to make the playoffs unless you're the Maple Leafs. But I mean, here we are, midway through January, early January, and I still have no idea. I think kind of what you think, Joe, that they're maybe on the bubble of being a playoff team, and they they probably become one just because the Atlantic, as close as it is, is. Still pretty mediocre. For me. We we've seen this over the last few seasons, and it's really coming to uh, to kind of fruition. Is that you know, and even the Bruins probably feel this way too. All they need to do is get in, and I think we've talked about this before. But it doesn't matter if you finish first in the conference or you finish eighth in the conference. Look how many times the Presidents Trophy winner over the last couple of years. It doesn't mean anything, mm. you know. So I think. The Bruins know, okay, we don't, we don't have to finish first in the division, but we need to get in. And if they do get in, then because, as you mentioned, DJ, because they have the world-class goaltender, because they have, you know, Patrice Bergeron, a healthy David Krejci, you know, yeah, they can do some damage in the postseason. So at this point, they're just treading water, hopefully down, in, at least in their minds, hopefully down the stretch, they put on a, you know, get a streak going and then get into the playoffs because anything can happen in the playoffs. I mean, we've talked about it. It's so cliche, but it's so true right now in the NHL is that it doesn't matter where you finish in the division. You're but just you're, gonna need to get if in. David Krejci isn't healthy, though, and you get into the playoffs and you limp in and you're playing four of the seven games on the road where you don't have last change and teams can choose 
who they play against Boston's second line, which is Ryan Spooner, which, side note, everyone was saying it last night that I almost don't want to say it because I keep so much praise on the guy and I heap enough praise on him. But Ryan Spooner was sensational for the Bruins last night. Aside from he and Erickson did a little puck watching on that last goal, but Ryan Spooner played one of his his games as a Bruin, which is encouraging because with Krejci out, this is the biggest challenge he's going to have. But getting back to the bigger point, if Krejci is out for a while, then I think then they have to make the decision of are they going to actually going to buy and trade for somebody for the sake of trying to make the playoffs or do they ride it out with Ryan Spooner as their second line center? For me, I think no matter what, you don't buy big. You know, like I, I, I'm if I'm the Bruins, I'm not going to go and trade big assets for the sake of this season because I think that that I keep saying it, the division is bad enough that you can limp in either way. And we learned that about the Bruins a season ago, even though there was a completely different GM, you know, in that office. But we learned that, you know, the organization. Did not want to give up the draft picks. They didn't want for the sake of last. Yeah, for the sake of just all right. This is what we have. This is what we're going to do. And they didn't do it a season ago. So, you know, Cam's still president of the team. You know, I can't see. Right. I can't see them doing that again this year. I, I, I'm with you, DJ. I think that you know the team, you know, tries to get into the, the playoffs with what they have, and then go from there. And then during the off season, all right, what kind of contract do we give Marshan? What kind mm-hmm. of contract do we do we give Erickson? That sort of thing. So I think it's kind of almost like a, a wait-and-see mentality, hoping that – and Cam Cam said it to me, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago when I, I did a story on him, and, and I asked him about – at that time, that was when they were going through that that good run. And he had said that during the offseason when they talked to, to Jeremy Jacobs, and they said, look, this is going to take a while. Like, just be patient with it. Like, maybe past the char window right. a while. You know, so, and now, you know, they have some success. And, and, and Cam even said, it. he's like, you know, we didn't expect this to happen this quickly. Like, to have that type of su- sustained success, even though it's been up and down for the, the majority of the season. It's because they have a good coach. They have a really good coach. And and speaking of that, we talked about this before the uh, Winter Classic. He's he's going to have, he's going to win the Jack Adams. As of right now... Who votes on the, so we don't. I know we don't vote on the. Is that no. The announcers? No, that's uh, is that GMs? GMs. Okay, interesting. Oh shoot, Mutt is in the damn house. Mutt's behind the glass over there. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. You can call in. I haven't said that yet. And also, uh, our version of hell that we created is uh, the Sunday Skate live chat, which which Pete is running right now. Uh, Pete. So there's a picture of Adele in there right now. So you can jump on wei.com <laughs> and. Talk to us in there. You can bring whatever fun stats you have, whatever photoshops, whatever. I, uh, people used to use it to make fun of Joey Mack. I feel like it's trending more towards just making fun of me now. But um, <laughs> you can go in there and make fun of whoever you want, uh, unless it's Pete. Because, like I said at the beginning of the show, messing with Pete on the internet, that's his... It's a bad idea. That's his, it's his <laughs> turf. He knows too many tricks. So uh, so don't do that. Um Getting back to to what they should be doing and whether or not they would invest in the season, you also don't want to trade any of those first round picks you have because if the shark one ends up becoming like three, you want to have your own so you can move up to number one and and uh, get Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews, <laughs> yeah. How about that kid from Scottsdale, Arizona? He's mm. going to go number one in the draft. Looked real good at the World Juniors. I didn't see much of the World Juniors because I do Love not the have the NHL Network. Uh, what? <laughs> what? I don't. 
I know my cable package doesn't have it. So you wow. are poor. I mean, well, I'm definitely poor. <laughs> wow. That's, you can, we that's can that's insane. Talk about that for the rest of the hour. But yeah, I I was watching it. I was trying to watch it on illegal streams. And uh, what game was I trying to watch? Um, uh, I was trying to watch some game last week, and uh, all the streams kept getting like booted yeah, because the they coverage were illegal. this this coverage this year was like despicable. There was no no official live streams. Like they didn't broadcast some of the games live. So I wouldn't. Was... I mean, if if freaking epics can show you the things that are on their make believe channel, then why can't? In years past, it, they had they had official live streams and they were pretty good. Yeah. And this year, it's just it was terrible. So. What you think? And they, Dave? Were, and they were calling the game back in New York, like they weren't. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. they weren't. They oh, weren't. They weren't man. in Finland. You know, Steve Mears and uh, so they were. Paul Steve, Mears, Steve they, Mears did a really good job. Yeah. And Starman, no. that was a that's a really underrated broadcast team. I think I wish they did more national NHL stuff. So they were pulling a uh, what what Jack and Brick had to do in at the start of the 2010 season when they opened in Prague. Right. So they were back in studio watching it, and that's why a lot of times, I mean, that's going to be challenging because it's tough when you're when you're watching a game, you really can't cover it on TV because you're watching so many other things. You know, you're watching oh, the yeah. benches, you're watching you know what happens behind the play, that stuff that you don't see on TV. Like, you know, if there's a delay penalty, you know, yeah. if you're covering the game while watching it. On you know on a feed. and if you have like a broadcast partner, they can point stuff out to you as you're talking right. and like like look over here exactly. and stuff. Not to mention, I feel like it'd be hard to get into like the atmosphere and the excitement of the game if it's happening thousands of miles right, away right. and you're in a studio. Well, Joe, I mean, we we've covered road games in person and we've had to to write off road games watching on TV. It's not even close to the same. Nope. Like if if you were to take one of my this is bad because I'm basically admitting that I'm bad at my job. But if you were to take like a, a story I wrote off of a road game that I watched on TV versus a road game that I attended, I'm sure that the road game that I attended has a lot more detail and and things like that. But, yeah, I remember Jack said that uh, when he had to do that game in 2010, he said something to the effect of, like, oh, and, the, like, the Bruins have pulled their goalie. Like, when they did, who knows, or something <laughs> like that, because he, he wasn't able to to go over and, and look, uh, look back at it. But, uh, Pete, you're uh, – you're uh, slaving away in the um, in the chat right now, but what did you think of David Pasternak in the World Juniors? He was good. He was probably Czech's best player. He mm-hmm. was he was good, and uh, I know that he, they said that he suffered uh, some minor injuries. Yeah, it was over like a hand thing. So, um, not as good as last year, but well, last year he like took over the tournament. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so I mean. It was good. Uh, I enjoyed being able to watch him because I don't watch Providence Bruins games. So it right. was nice to see him back on the ice before he got back with the Bruins. I uh, was I went back and forth with that decision, whether or not yeah. to send him over to the World Juniors, because he played in the NHL. He had success at the NHL. He didn't want to go, I can tell you that. And you know what? I, I, see, I don't know. You've been around the team more than you know, more than I have this year, but um, I would think that he probably he would want to go. Um, he wanted to be in Boston. He should have been in Boston. I yeah. did. I went back and forth. It's like, okay, he's coming off this injury. You need offensive help. This is a guy that can help you. Why send him to play against young men, boys, yeah. when he can be playing against the best in the world and getting better at that? And uh, Sweeney brought up a good point um, when he had that little press conference and explained to us why he was going to Providence uh, when he first came back. And he said, we thought 
uh, it would be good for his confidence because a season ago he played, he was one of the best players in the tournament. He came over and it was really kind of a, a you know a jumping off point for him, and he played extremely well the rest of the way. So he thought maybe that confidence could help him, which, okay, you know, I'm all about building up a guy's confidence, but I just still think that the best thing for his development would have been to stay and play here yeah. rather than going to I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, I see why he did, why they did that, and I believe Sweeney when he says that they wanted him to be confident and all that stuff because you're right. When he came back, he acted like he owned the place, but they've got so many wings, and right now they've got so many meh to mediocre wings, and a big part of this season is deciding whether or not you're going to keep Louis Erickson, and wouldn't the biggest indication to let Erickson walk be – to see a full season of David Pasternak, or at least close to it, because obviously he missed a uh, couple months with uh, that that foot injury. But wouldn't, or I, I should say, uh, yeah, a couple months with that foot injury. The biggest indication of whether or not you can keep or get rid of Erickson is, all right, we have a really good NHL uh, right wing who can play on the first or second line to potentially replace him. So uh, we're going to hit our first break here, 617-779-7937. You can jump in the live chat on WEI.com. It's already a mess, uh, a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, take your calls, chat, whatever here on Sunday Skate. This is Dane Ochara, and you're listening to the Sunday Skate. I mean, you got a very opportunity. We had a few chances there, and and then, uh, you know, they get one late. So, I mean, it's exciting and and, uh, fun, but um, tough way to lose. Two things. One, I definitely forgot about those Brad Marsh and uh, such a th- bummer that thing. we can't use the Dougie Hamilton one anymore. We can't. Oh shoot, we never played that thing. If I can find it on my computer, maybe we'll play it uh, late in the the show. Uh, Joey Mack and I uh, combined for. Did I, I don't even know if I sent it to you, Joey Mack. Uh, I don't think so. We uh, after the the Dougie Hamilton trade um, on the conference. Joey call. Mack and I. Uh, "Quote unquote," asked the tough questions on the, the Hamilton's conference call, and it was like just happy to be a flame. It was that I'm just happy to be right, a flame. and he he wasn't saying anything. So um, we did we like we made a Sunday skate thing out of that. And if I can find it on my computer, then we'll we'll play it later. But I definitely forgotten about the Brad Marsh and uh, rejoin things. And uh, Maddie, awesome use of Foo Fighters there. I appreciate that heavy. That's the song that has uh, Bob Mould, so that's that's a good one. So who are you going to get uh, Marshy to, to uh, Let's see. So who do we have him do? We had him do Pasternak, Chara, Hamilton, Soderberg. Yeah. Uh, we I, I they s- lost half of them. I see. Right. <laughs> I say we just have we just keep using like Soderberg and stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, what you can do like. Brett Conley, he'll just have to sound really like old and polished. Um, yeah, yeah, that's tough. He could do Claude. He could be like guys. Guys, this is a Sunday skate, guys. <laughs> um, uh, our favorite caller, no, uh, Maria. I, I wouldn't do you like that. Our second favorite caller. <laughs> I like how when I said up, he was like, oh, he dropped off. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, he, do. he gave up already. Uh, yeah, you can call us six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven to talk to us, or you can go into the live chat. It's already. Uh, it's already there's messy. Good thing, there's good things happening in there right now. Is there? Yeah. Uh, I'll take a gander into it. Uh, but, oh, God. Uh, yeah, you go into the live chat. There's some funny things going on. Uh, but we're going to take our first caller. It is our old friend Fred in New Hampshire. Fred, how are you, sir? I say Fred. I told you he dropped off. Matt, did I do something wrong? All right, we're going to put Fred on hold. 
because uh, we can't hear him. But uh, yeah, that was kind of a bummer. Uh, he's still on hold, so so we'll get to him uh, when we when we can. Pete, what's going on in the live chat? It's uh, it's it's doing pretty well. There's uh, a lot of Kevin Miller hate, which is you know maybe my favorite thing in the world. Uh, Kevin Miller hate is an interesting thing because Kevin Miller is a fine third pairing defenseman. And what gets him in trouble, and Pete, you used to make this argument all the time before you just decided to (laughs) just go overboard on your hatred of Kevin Miller. He is, given circumstances, overutilized at times, and that puts him in a bad spot. Uh, One of my more interesting stats or things, trends or whatever that I like to write about is how historically it is easier to play on the Bruins' first pairing with Zdeno Chara than to play... On any other pairing. So, like, say you play on a third pairing, which Tori Krug usually does, um, then you, it's it's great. It's easy, right? You're playing against bad competition, so you can dominate. When you play on a first pairing, you have to play against the best competition, so it's a lot tougher. But, historically, it's easier to play with Chara because Chara is so dominant. Kevin Miller is the one exception to that rule. He's better on a third pairing away from Chara than with Zdeno Chara. So... Uh, he had to play with Chara recently, uh, given the Adam McQuaid injury. But for now, it seems that they're keeping Miller and Tory Krug together, which I think is the the smart thing to do, and maybe a sign that they do look uh, at at uh, advanced stats. Um, we were talking about David Pasternak a little bit before the break, and I want to go back and, and circle back on Pasternak. Uh, they've used him on Bergeron's line the last two games. He played with Louis Erickson because Marshan was suspended, and then he played with Marshan last night. He gets the goal. Uh, for me, my thing has always been he's got to be the right wing of the Bergeron line. And I know that when Krejci's healthy, they have that Czech chemistry and they love each other. And Pasternak grew up idolizing Krejci. But for me, if you're the Bruins, you want to recreate the line that you had with Sagan a few years ago and hopefully keep that player for a, a long time. And I think the last night, Pasternak scores on his in his first game with the line is an indication that they, that should be a line going forward. Well, you, as much as you talk about young players coming up, young defensemen coming up and having to play with Chara in order to, one, not be, I don't know, uh, just have some, some, some success, I think that's the same thing with, with Bergeron. Anybody you put with Bergeron is going to have success. He makes them a better player. Mm. Um, that's why they put Marsh in there originally. That's why they had Sagan there originally. Um, but I like Pasternak with Bergeron, mm. and I I would like I like Erickson with Krejci. Yeah, I mean I think I mean think those two feed off each other. They play well. But with a guy like Pasternak, the one thing that he needs to do once he gets a bunch of games here is okay. Is he going to be that two way player? Can he be that two way player? And the one thing that he said, you know, during development camp and in training camp prior to last season was I need to be that two-way player. I need to be that, you know, that David Krejci type of player. Well, if you're playing with Bergeron, you have to be. And I think that's going to be a better indication of what type of play he's going to be because we know he, he has a, a ton of offensive upside. But can he be responsible in his own end? And I don't think we have seen that yet because it's been a small. So for me, message. I mean, we're, we're going to jump to the calls in a minute. Calls because we got multiple calls now. So, um I kind of disagree with you on that, Joe. I think Screw that DJ. he doesn't have to be 
a two-way player. I think that I agree that he really wants to be a two-way player because he loves David Krejci, and that's what David Krejci is. But I want him to be what Tyler Sagan used to be with that line, which was just score. It's it's You're great at it. It's all we need you to do. We've got this guy, 37, who will do everything else for you, and that's why that line was, was great. So but that I w- guy got skewered for not playing defense when he was here, and he's one of the best goal scorers in the league now. That is a very good point. I think that maybe uh, they learn from that. I get, with S- Sagan, this could be a five-hour show. I mean, he was frustrating to, to watch in his own end. Yeah, but if you're going like to say you want a guy to be like Sagan, yeah. keep Sagan. <laughs> like it's nah, it's so frustrating. Uh, there are different things at play. <laughs> I mean, Sagan, A, was making more money, not that his deal right now isn't an absolute steal, but they didn't like Sagan. I think that they like David Pasternak. I, I think that, that Pasternak's given them... Pasternak's a nice nice angel boy. He's a nice he's he's closer uh... to <laughs> his Twitter follows might suggest yes, something yeah. something different. But I mean relative to Sagan, yes, David Pasternak is a nice boy. There was so... a maturity level issue with Sagan when he was here. We all know that, you know, we've all heard the stories some have written about it. Sagan has talked about it since he's been in Dallas. He's like, yeah, I needed to mature off the ice. Right. And supposedly he has in Dallas. But I've said this, and people they do it. That he wouldn't have done it here? No, he, no, he wouldn't have done it here. Not in this system. And I remember having the, a discussion with uh, a lengthy, colorful discussion with Lindy Ruff at the uh, at the, the draft back in, uh, in Florida back in June. Uh, and we were totally honest with each other. And yeah. we were back and forth. And I basically said Tyler Sagan is going to be just like Joe Thornton later in his career. Or now, yeah, Sagan won a Stanley Cup in 2011, obviously. But the Stars are not going to win a Stanley Cup. Tyler Sagan, in my mind, will not win a Stanley Cup. If he's the straw that stirs the drink? Right. It's not going to – I mean, Joe Thornton is a perfect example of that. The Sharks are never going to – Joe Thornton's never going to win a Stanley Cup. I just think that his his talent level – Watch. I remember watching – Oh, he's talented. Watching them after – how good he is. After that trade, so the 2014-15 season – there was a game in Dallas, uh, and I remember just just the the crowd, everything, like all the Sagan jerseys. Watching him, how confidently he was playing with the puck, I was like, "Oh my God, this guy is Steven Stamkos." And I mean, him and, that, ben, and him now and you can question whether the Lightning are going to win a cup with Steven Stamkos. But I mean, I I think <laughs> if that, he's going to be there, right? I think that he can have that that sort of impact on them. Uh, he's already become one of the best players in the league. Uh, we're going to get uh, to the calls now again. Plural. So, if you want to join that, we're that, big time. If you want to join shots. that that gang, uh, you can call six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven or join Pete and uh, the the rest of the Nightmare Crew in the live chat. Uh, Fred in New Hampshire. Hello, Fred. Hello. God. Da- oh. Happy New Year. Hi, Fred. <laughs> Happy New Year, Fred. Hey, Happy New Year. Happy. Great to have you guys on on a Sunday morning. Hopefully, when the the cheetah season is over, uh, we'll get two hours, right? Who's cheating? Oh, you know that team that uh, might go to the Super Bowl there? What do you tell the children about that? It's awful. Uh, who's, what? <laughs> it's awful. They inflate gate. It's so awful, isn't it? Inflate gate. Imagine if the NHL did that stuff. If they, they'd, be, they'd be laughing them out of, out of, the, out of the league. Fred, hey, can you think, what, what is the NHL's version of inflate gate? They deflated pucks? <laughs> it's oh, uh, the, uh, inflate. Who, uh, could, too big a curve or something. I don't know. They don't go by anyway. that anymore. Right. <laughs> Anyways. Go ahead, Fred. Can you guys explain me one thing? Yes. The, on New Year's Day, the Bruins are the show. 
they're it. They're playing Montreal, and they come out as flat as they did and play the game they did. And two nights before, they played great against Ottawa. What happened that day? No Brad Marchand. <laughs> That's what happened, Fred. It, you know, they, they had so much hype going into this game with P.K. Subban and, and Brad Marchand. I mean, you look at any of the, the commercials, and it was those two. And, and then that happens. To me, losing Marchand in that situation, the way that they did, it was just – it totally – Blue things I, up for, for Boston. Fred, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you. I would say that uh, The Voice Season 9 winner Jordan Smith was the show, but I do I do see your point that this was supposed to be about the Bruins kind of making their statement. Uh, there was a lot of talk about wind. That was a... That's the stupidest thing. That was the silliest thing I've heard in my life. I, I didn't watch... I guess none of us were there. Uh, Fred, you, you watched the game on TV, right? Yeah. How much did they talk about the wind? I don't remember. I did, the game was such a. I mean, it was such a bad start to the year. I really can't. Okay, remember. but yeah, I mean, that was that that was as, in all seriousness, that was as perplexing an opening period as I've seen. I mean, the the, the Bruins got okay as the game went on. I mean, as they got more desperate, they they played a little more fast and loose. But Tuka was good in the first period. Tuka yeah. was the one that kept them in the game. Absolutely. And if it wasn't for Tuka, I mean, that why game do people always act surprised when that happens? Like when, whenever Rask, like so, the way you said that, Fred. Whenever Rask has oh. like a, a great game or it's a close game, and like Rask is the reason that they're in it, everyone's like, "Man, well, Tuca had to to keep like he's kind of one of the best goalies in the world. He's he's supposed to do that. I, I agree, and he I can play against Montreal. <laughs> well, he's kept that's in, <laughs> he's kept in some, a lot of these other games this year. But I mean, it just a game against Montreal. Just a game against Montreal. I don't care if it's on a. You know, it's in the middle of the summertime. It's a game against Montreal, and it couldn't come out better than that. It bothered me. It kind of reminded me at the end of the year in Florida, those games, and I, I hadn't seen that this year. Well, the, the one thing that you have to remember about the Canadians, I mean, look at it from the other side. They get Brendan Gallagher back, which was huge. And thanks okay. for the call, Fred. Go on. They get Brendan Gallagher back, which was huge for the Canadians. Max Pacioretty said it the day before when, they, when uh, Michelle Terrian said that uh, Mike Condon was was going to start, mm-hmm. and Max Max Pacioretty came out and said, "We're a little more motivated than we normally are because we want to win for this kid." And I totally totally believe that. You get Gallagher back, and they came. I up. totally don't. I think it's no, just a Bruins Canadians thing. Like the Canadians relish any chance they get to to embarrass the Bruins. Oh, absolutely. And, they and saw part this of that, one. right? And part of that was all right. We've got a local kid yeah, here, yeah, yeah, no, you I, know, yeah. and they're you know he grew up a Bruins fan. His entire family's here. They're Bruins fans. And they were gonna they're gonna root for the Montreal Canadiens on New Year's Day. So I, yeah, absolutely between between that wanting to stick it to the Bruins and having Gallagher back and having Gallagher score the way that he did right away. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that totally deflated. No, I didn't mean to use that word deflated, but it totally deflated the Bruins. I love. There's always one sort of like malapropism or like slightly different word every time we get Fred from from New Hampshire. Today it was inflate versus deflate. So. Love Fred from New Hampshire. Always a fun caller. Uh, we've got more callers lined up. Uh, actually, the, the it is there's tons of callers now. Uh, we'll be back on the other side, and uh, we'll get to those calls. Oh, you know that team that uh, might go to the Super Bowl there? What do you tell the children about that? It's awful. They inflate gate. It's so awful, isn't it? Back here on Sunday Skate, DJ Bean, Joe McDonald, Pete Blackburn, uh, head into the live chat on weei.com. It is hilarious and amazing. 
We've got too many callers to say any more words to each other, so we're going to jump into these calls. Uh, our favorite caller in show history, Maria from Watertown. How are you, Maria? Maria. Hey, how are you guys? Outstanding. Hey, I feel very um, disloyal. I had no idea you guys were uh, debuting the show for the season this morning. Neither I did was, I, Maria. Uh... Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. A few of us did. <laughs> did you listen to us last week for the Winter Classic show? No, I was actually um, at the game. Oh, nice. So, yeah. What I happened? Was, well, Who won? <laughs> yeah. Oh, please don't even talk to me about that. The only thing I said to my kids, I said, it's a good thing that your mom was feeling a little happy in the stands from the pregame, and I would have been really hacked off about that game. <laughs> happy in the stands is going to be the new hashtag of this show. <laughs> happy happy in the stands. The, if you're going to the game last uh, tonight, don't forget to get uh, happy in the stands. Go head over to yeah. the forest so you can be happy in the stands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I can go with you know getting lubed up because that you know that's Brady's uh, that's Brady's moniker. But yes. uh, yeah, it was. Um, I, you needed to be happy in the stands to watch that puke show. Uh, so disappointing. I actually went to watch a hockey game, you know, despite, you know, the environment and the fanfare. But holy moly, what a debacle um, that was. And the only thing that's positive um, that I'm going to hang my hat on is that if playing as poorly and as unprepared as they did for that stage, um, if it means that they, you know, all dope slap themselves and have been playing as as decently as they've played in the last couple of games and can take that, you know, energy through this road trip and just come away with points, then I'm, I think I can forgive them <laughs> um, for, you know, embarrassing themselves in, uh, in such a grand stage. But um, I want to go back to um, the discussion that you guys were just having a short time ago about Pasternak. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we all know, quote, to know Claude is to have a love-hate relationship with him at times. And I really don't think that this kid is um, going to be um, as successful as we want him to be unless he does learn to play both ends of the ice to some degree. When you, when you listen to Claude's remarks, you know, a leopard never changes his thoughts. And, you know, Claude still wants his players to be um, accountable defensively in, in both ends. And I don't know that we're ever going to have, you know, a Tyler Sagan-like or Pasternak-like player who's just going to be able to just run and gun without being held accountable for both ends of the ice. So that's my, my concern. And I, I think Pasternak gets that from what I've seen in the couple of games he's been back. Um, I was really impressed with him. Um, last night, and I was very happy to see Brett Connolly finally taking a seat um, in the stands because I think I've had my fill. He was sad in the stands. That's what we call being bummed out in the stands. He wasn't yeah. happy. In not, the, not happy in the stands. Not happy no, in the stands. But you know what? I can't, I can't take watching him anymore, you know? I'm not really sure what value he's bringing um, to, to the lineup. I, 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 just, I just don't see it. And, you know, maybe – you know, looking at the game from a different view will, will help help his mindset um, and get him motivated. But for the time being, I think I'm all set. All right. Well, thank you so much for the, the call, Maria. Uh, yeah, on, on Pasternak, I don't, I'm not saying that, I, that he can't be a two-way guy. I think that he wants to be. I'm saying for now, because he's still 19 years old, uh, rather than being overwhelmed by trying to be David Krejci right now, uh, he's on a line with two elite offensive players who happen to be elite defensive players. So 
I think that if there's one thing that he can focus on to to make him effective right now, it would be his offensive games. I mean, down the road, yeah, I think that he's going to round out and be more of a, a two-way guy than Sagan was. I think the, the comparison really is unfair because I don't think Sagan ever said he wanted to be like a two-way guy. That was going to be my point. The difference is, is that Sagan knows what he's supposed to do, yeah. what he his ability is, and he, you know, it was proven with the way he played and the way he plays in Dallas. You know, with, with Pasternak, it's different because many times he's talked about, I need to do this. I know I need to do this. Be a two-way player. In order for me to have success and help the Bruins win, I have to be a two-way player. For him to even acknowledge it, then obviously for a 19-year-old kid, that's huge. And I do agree with you, DJ, that I think eventually his game will turn into what the Bruins want it to be. But as of right now, it's you know he's had you know two, a couple of different injuries that have set it, that has set that development back. Um, so you know to see how he finishes out the rest of this season uh, is going to be key for the Bruins. Robin Waltham, what's hot? Rob. Rob? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Uh, my two quick comments uh, and a question. Uh, number one, Joe Thornton, I'll never forget that playoff series against the Canadians where he played with an injury that uh, I, don't, I don't care what that senior hockey writer said. Uh, most guys wouldn't have been able to walk or move, and he was on the ice for every game. Steve Conroy is the guy you're thinking of. That's that jerk of a writer. Just kidding. Yeah, well, I, I know who the writer is, and I'm not going to mention it by name. But I don't, um, I don't agree with him. Uh, number two, as far as Sagan goes, um, the point about him not being, being uh, responsible in the defense event is one thing. I remember the, the, last, the end of the last season he was there. He wouldn't go in the corners to chase the puck anywhere. He was just a... Rob, your phone was the worst. I'm so sorry. Uh, we had to we had to drop you. I couldn't. Uh, you're you're breaking up there, and uh, unfortunately, we actually have to say toodles on the show. Rob, call back next week. We're very sorry. We're we're very sad over how that went down. Uh, but uh, yeah, would you guys? Eh, good good show. Good show. Yeah. I can't wait for this to turn into the Sunday Skate sitcom where it's only a half hour. Yes, <laughs> twenty minutes. Well, we were saying between breaks, if we could start getting calls in the first segment. Which is a tough ask. Well, like, a lot of our gonna... fans are happy in the stands the night before. Right, yes, so, right. So yeah. they're 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 being cranky in the bed when we're starting our show. So it's it's tough to be happy in the stands again by by eight o'clock. But yeah, this has been a, a great show. Uh, we'll be back next week and for the rest of the hockey season. So uh, we're glad Sunday Skate is back, and we, and we love you all. Good goodbye. Yeah, this is uh, Matt, uh, I forgot my first name, uh, Bartowski, and you're listening to the, the Sunday Skate.